sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Welcome everyone. This is Letty Medina and I am this week's host of Healing the Whole Person. And today I have two guests with me in the studio. One is Kevin Sullivan and the other is Patty Cartwright. And they are here to share some of their experiences of working with people in annulment ministry, which I think is a really important topic for our times when there are so many issues with marriages. So welcome Kevin and Patty. Thanks, Letty. Thanks for having us. It's wonderful to be here. Great. Um, So one of the things I think we should get started with is just the basics on marriage, right? So I think where we often go wrong is that people get into marriage not fully understanding how, um, what God calls us to in marriage. So what can you guys share a little bit about God's vision for marriage? Well, the Bible defines marriage as follows. Can you hear me? Okay. The Bible defines marriage as follows. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible states, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's okay. And one flesh is essentially, is is essential to the biblical view of marriage. It means one mortal life fully shared. And that's really important because when I was married, when I, I am married, and I didn't truly know and understand that biblical passage until, Go ahead. until it occurred uh, between my husband and I. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think in today's society, right, we are often... Um, focusing more on the romance and the wedding ceremony and all sorts of other things, right? And not necessarily on what is God's plan for marriage, right? Yes. Yeah. And that and that's where people finally, you know, often get off track with marriage, right? Because they get into the marriage, um, you know, relationship, thinking it's all going to be wine and roses uh, forever, and 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 there's. A, a time of disappointment when things aren't quite that way <laughs> beyond the first year maybe <laughs> right yeah I, I think one of the critical things in, in terms of the, the whole context of marriage being a relationship uh, yep. and it's meant to reflect our relationship uh, the relationship between God and his people the it, church exactly and, and it's such a fundamental conversation that we have to be having because in the context of the ideal what God intended, God's plan for how we should live, how we should all become back to him. I mean, Adam and Eve got a chance to live in paradise. Right. And through original sin, that, that relationship was broken in some respects. Absolutely. So as we talk about marriage and we talk about it breaking down, I mean, we're, we're into a conversation that's so critical to the church because marriage is, is the sacrament that forms the family. Yeah and the family forming the foundation of the church. So it becomes critical for us to talk about marriage, not in the context just of of building it, but but rebuilding it 
yeah. once it's been broken. Once that, that relationship of marriage is broken through separation and divorce, uh, the, the pain in doesn't end there. It continues. And I think that's uh, those who have suffered divorce or are children of divorce can appreciate that the, the pain of separation continues and thinking about it in the spiritual context like it's like that separation that happens when we break relationship with God through sin right that stays and remains until we're reconciled so that's really the larger context of, of I guess what we're talking about here it's it's the the break in relationship between two people Right. that takes place, but also that spiritual break Absolutely. that we as Catholics, when we, we stray from our vows and how it continues and the need to reconcile, just like we're called to reconciliation, that sacrament, when the sacrament of matrimony is broken, we need a form of, of reconciliation, both from a spiritual standpoint and from a personal and emotional standpoint. Right. And I think, you know, one of the problems in today's society, right, is that more and more people are choosing to get married outside the church without God as a foundational element. Can you speak a little bit about what you've seen maybe, Patty, in your involvement in marriage ministry? Well, when, um, well, marriage is a, is, a, is a special covenant that Kevin had, had spoken about, and it's between man, woman, and the Trinity. And when when God is not involved in the ceremony and, and the sacrament is not achieved, then there, um, I've seen that there in my ministry, in my divorce support ministry, that the, it's often ego-focused and not God-focused and not God-centered in the marriage and therefore in mm. the family. So unfortunately, when it becomes ego-focused, then they think outside of the marriage, the Trinity, yeah. the God-centered marriage, and um, it starts becoming about me instead of becoming uh, us. Right. I, that really mirrors the, the experience my wife Crystal and I do a lot of marriage preparation work, and even couples that are coming to get prepared for the sacrament in the church, uh, you see the missing appreciation right. for the notion of the gift of the sacrament. Right. Uh, the the uh, the lack of appreciation for the higher calling, if you will, the vocation uh, that the sacrament of marriage calls us to, and and we see the difference when we're blessed on occasion, rare occasion, probably less than one in ten, where we will have a couple come to us that's firmly rooted in their faith. Yes, and you can see and understand and appreciate. Uh, how much they understand the importance of the grace that they're going to need. Right. You know, most couples approach marriage think they've got it all figured out because what do we do? And we date, we're attractive to each other. Yes. We work at being attractive to each other. And as all of us who've been married know that probably the day after you get married, you start seeing the little things that aren't quite so attractive. <laughs> right. And we stop being on our best. Yeah. Uh, that's when the grace and the, the, the appre true appreciation that we have made a, a vow to give over our life to another person in the presence of God yeah. starts to become important. And, and that covenant promise to one another, right, in the presence of God, saying, I will be with you in good times, in bad times, you know, in sickness and in mm -hmm. health, right? Yes. Until death do us part. 
they miss that piece often when they're choosing to either get married outside the church or they really don't mean it maybe fully when they say those words because they don't understand the beauty of the sacrament, right? Yes, and I do have to mention too, it's not too late. Even if someone does get, uh, does not get married in the church, um, it's not too late. Amen. God <laughs> is a patient Lord. So and, patient. And such a patient Father, and He's so merciful. And I have to use myself as an example. I've always wanted to get, I always wanted my marriage in, in, the, in the Catholic Church. However, um, my husband was not practicing Catholic at that time. So I wanted this to be a full participation of the marriage. So I had decided to have a very spiritual wedding, but not in the Catholic Church. And later on, but God is patient. Amen. And <laughs> put people in our lives priests in our lives to help us draw you back draw and then therefore we had a convalidation and there is truly it is a sacrament there is a true presence and ever since that happened um our love our faith and our marriage just grew and grew amen i had the great privilege of walking a friend of mine towards getting her marriage convalidated for the same reason she didn't recognize necessarily that getting married in the church was so important but then when she was you know informed how she was missing that part and it would really enrich her marriage she was like well let's do this <laughs> and she was able to do it and i was able to be present it was such a beautiful experience to watch it really is life-changing yes when 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 couples appreciate you know in the context of this program the whole person mm -hmm. you know the the whole of what god intended for us i have uh, i was previously divorced okay um, living, you know, pretty much the, the standard model. We got married in church, Catholic church. Yeah. Grew up in Catholic family, high school, all of that kind of fun stuff. And got married right out of college to my classmate, a high school classmate of mine, another fine Catholic person. But with no concept, like zero formation, other than that which we grew up with. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, is the case for way too many couples the church doesn't necessarily do a very great job of helping to truly form uh, individuals yeah. into what it means for two people to come together and be married and become one person, a yeah. new creation. Yes. Um, but anyway, so I failed, and that marriage broke up. Uh, I was divorced, and through God's grace and uh, maybe the nudging of my current dear bride, Crystal, uh, I, I got an and received an annulment okay. and went through that process. But because my appreciation for marriage was really still no different uh, than, you know, repeating the same sort of patterns. And then, fortunately, again, through the great persistence of my dear bride, uh, we had the opportunity to go on a, a, a marriage enrichment experience where the light bulb finally went on and we were taught that that you know we were living the world's plan for what marriage was supposed to be all about but we could choose to live God's plan and really then to understand what it meant yes. uh, you know all of those things that uh, that we know from scripture about what God really intended for marriage to be and from that day forward our relationship has been s just wonderfully different um, and so it, it, it is, it's a coming to that full appreciation of all of the goodness that God has available for us if we're willing 
to understand that, <laughs> what it is, and to choose it. Exactly. Because the world's way, obviously, is not necessarily uh, a great one. It leads to divorce, and now about half of the marriages, yeah. Catholic marriages included, uh, it leads to fatherless homes. Yes. Uh, about 40% of the homes in the United States are, are fatherless. Yes. Uh, it's about double that in minority communities. So it's it's a, a, a real tragedy. It is it a tragedy, yeah. And yet, God is so good, right, that he's always calling us back to himself and back to healing. And here we're talking about healing the whole person, mm -hmm. right? And so when we uh, experience brokenness in these relationships that, we're s that are supposed to be, you know, lifelong relationships, but then they don't quite work out, there's always hope, right? Mm -hmm. There's always hope that God, uh, God can renew us and, and heal us and bring us back to where he wants to be. So let, let's talk a little bit about what happens when the marital relationship does end. And there's really, you know, now you're kind of in this place of, of hurting. How, how do you go forward, you know? Um, wh what would you say, Patty? Well, you definitely, when a marriage ends, and I can speak um, for as a pers from my perspective as, a, as a, an adult child of a divorced family, so I saw firsthand what happened to my mother when a marriage ended, and it was devastating to our family. Yes. There were seven of us. I'm the youngest of seven, so it instantly turned my mother into a single parent of, of, of seven. Um, and as a child, seeing, not understanding the why of divorce, only knowing and seeing a father leave, yeah. my father leave, it really puts, it, it, it had a huge impact on, on my life because I, I made it mean that he didn't love me enough to stay. Right. Even if, even though that was not at all what happened. Of course. But as a child. That's how you interpreted that. Interpreted, and I was five and young. So, Ooh. so living with that, the, the divorce not only has an impact on the husband and wife but but very much on the children For sure. and so um, living with that kind of uh, idea or stigma and then also with my mother feeling a lot of pain and anger that trickled down to the kids for sure uh, there was a, a broken trust yep. and so um, when I eventually met my now husband in college and I knew that God really ordained our relationship ordained our meeting and I knew that this was the real thing. I knew then, and I made a choice to heal. I needed. I knew in order to break that cycle of divorce, I needed to heal. Yes. And God, and once I made that choice, it's a prayer. Yes. And God puts people into your life to introduce a class or a book to read. And, and all of these little paths in my life led me to this amazing marriage, three beautiful children, and, and a broken cycle of divorce. And it led me to my ministry to help other divorced people go through that pain so that they can also break the cycle. Because if I could do it, anyone could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. How beautiful. Um, Kevin, anything to add? Yeah, I do, you know, and again, I just you know, I think back on it, it uh, some of the impacts, you know, the, the on the children is really... The, the one of the most critical pieces because there that's what they're going to carry forth unless again some form of their own personal reconciliation with it takes place at some serendipitous point along the way but you know that the statistics are all there 
you know, the, there's there's greater crime from uh, there's uh, self-esteem issues, lesser education, lower economic, all of those sorts of things are statistically identified as being uh, significant impacts of, of divorce. But the probably then, the, I think in the context of what we're talking about with respect to divorce and annulment, the, the piece of it is where does it leave the two people? Yes. You know, generally it leaves one broken, the, re the rejected one with mm -hmm. some of them, those same self-esteem issues and all of that. The other are potentially angry, bitterness, revenge, all of those Hurt. sorts of things. And I'm sure in your practice, uh, Patty, you've seen a little bit of that. Uh, it's, a, it's a bitter process in the civil world because, yeah. you know, 60, 50, 60 years ago, probably, I guess, going back to 1970s, early 70s, you had to, there had to be some demonstration of fault. Yes. You know, that, that one party had, had broken the vows or uh, you, you've had those sorts of things. But in the early 1970s, no-fault divorce yes. uh, became the, the way of the world. And so there wasn't even in the, in the judicial sphere, there was no reconciliation. Well, at least it wasn't my fault. Yes. You know, now it just breaks. And now, and Kevin, the, the law has changed and got rid of all fault grounds, and it's only irreconcilable differences mm -hmm. now. Yeah, okay. so, so, mm -hmm. so the parties are just left uh, to deal with, well, what, what, what happened? What happened, What exactly. happened? How did this fail? And, and so that becomes, you know, um, part of the important work that, that Patty's doing with, with divorced and separated, and then also the reconciliation process of, of annulment that the church does. It's getting people to at least understand what happened or what might have happened and yes. give them the opportunity to move forward because until then they're stuck mm -hmm. and and it's very painful I, I can testify to that I mean it took me months and months and months of trying to drown it with alcohol and every sort of other thing of to deal with the rejection I felt and you feel like you're a failure yeah right and in many ways exactly. there's that how did I fail like that is kind of what or you blame the other for wronging you, you of or course. you blame the other yeah and there's no way that anyone can really quite understand why it happened they could have done everything that they could have but somehow it just you know fell um they moved in different directions yeah. they didn't grow in the same direction well, and and let's just throw in the spiritual aspect right there is an mm -hmm. enemy <laughs> to yes. the people of god right what is his favorite thing to do it's to, to destroy, destroy the family, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And he does that by causing division between the couple. Yes. And if he can, af if he can lead them to mm -hmm. divorce, he has destroyed the family. Yes. The fabric of society is w is what you had said earlier. Yeah, Kevin. the division takes place, but I think one of the things, and this goes back to the lack of good formation uh, and understanding of what the sacrament really is intended Absolutely. to do, because it's that notion, the biblical notion, the two shall become one. Yes. Well, that relationship is a new creation in and of itself. And it's the lack of appreciation that that's what the vows create. And that's what the couple create together. They create a new life. Yes. And it isn't oftentimes in, in, in the work we've been doing, uh, it isn't necessarily the bad things that separate. People don't, you know, overnight start, turn out to hate each other. Sometimes they just move in different directions. For sure. They forget about the fidelity to the vow that this relationship between us is in supposed to be one of the most important things in our lives. 
and instead work and career become more important. For sure. And then family become more important. So you have two wonderful people Absolutely. doing the same sort of thing that but failing to remember that yes. this new life we created the day we exchanged these vows it needs to be protected and nourished right and so couples grow apart i think more than you know turn to to uh to find they really weren't compatible or didn't like each other they just stopped growing together right you know we grow together as we date and in our relationship and then at the we get to the altar and we do even good things we start moving us, uh, so we start separating the almost from the day we marry yes. because we start moving into back into yes. our old lives and now we don't have to worry so much about being attracted because we're married forever right yeah i can see that uh, how long have you been married patty 20 years 20 years praise god and you have been 35 years 35 yeah. years and i'm at 28 That's so wonderful. we're all congratulations <laughs> we've been greatly blessed all three of yes, us yes absolutely um, and again, you know, what you said, Kevin, is important. It, it, this is never about uh, making a judgment on people who end up in a divorce oh situation. No. This is always, nobody gets married going, oh, good, you know, I'm on my way to divorce. Like, that is never the plan, right? It's just that people end up there often, more often than they should because of all of what we've talked about, the yeah. lack of formation, the lack of understanding. Marriage is a huge challenge. <laughs> it is. I mean, because most of it, particularly back in my day, <laughs> going back into the 60s, people just did what came naturally. You right. know, they saw there was no real, everybody got married as soon as they finished their education and they raised right. families and large families. Mine was nine. You know, uh, so... It just was the way of the culture, right? And then, unfortunately, the uh, the '60s came along and the sexual revolution, and now, well, now we no longer needed to be married in order to enjoy sexual pleasure and freedom. Right. Absolutely. And the all that started the the you know that eliminates the procreative aspect. Right. The procreative aspect of marriage now becomes a burden that we can avoid through contraception and other sorts of things. And so that starts, as, as Pope Paul VI so accurately predicted in Humanae Vitae, yes. that we would be right where we are today exactly. because of that decision. But the challenge really is in couples of coming to appreciate that their responsibility is to be Christ for one another. Amen. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. a, so that's what makes it difficult. Right especially if you don't know that's what you're supposed to do, <laughs> but that's what God lays in our hearts. Right. No, God lays in our right. hearts that he wants us to love the other yes. as he has loved us. Yes. Um, we're going we're gonna to have a very short break coming up. Um, I, I wanna, when we start back, I really want to talk about, you know, what do people going through the divorce process need the most? What are some of their biggest barriers and challenges? Um, and then and then we'll talk a little bit more about the annulment piece. All right. This is, um, you know, uh, a wonderful topic because I'm sure that many of our listeners are, are struggling. Right. Many, many people have experienced it either as you did, Patty, with parents that are divorced. They have family members that have been have gone through divorce and they have gone through it. So and this and is I think important. it's important not just for those people, but for all family members, wherever they find themselves, because this is really yes. about the family. 
whether you're a grandparent, you're a single person, you know, understanding and we'll restoring be, health. We'll be right back after this short break. Hi, my name is Nancy Martin. I invite you to join me for a free online course entitled Consecration to Jesus Through Mary using the St. Louis de Montfort Charism and sponsored by Holy Apostles Seminary and College. There are rolling start dates throughout the year. For more information, email me at nmartin11 at sbcglobal.net. That's nmartin11 at sbcglobal.net. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Regis, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this call practices and we invoke Mother Mary also and all the saints and in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her mother in the mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall amen are you retired or near retirement do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. back everyone this is Letty Medina with healing the whole person and we uh, I'm here with Kevin Sullivan and Patty Cartwright and they're both involved in uh, divorce and uh, annulment ministry uh, ministering to people who have experienced those things and uh, we were just talking before the break about what do the people going through the divorce process need the most what are some of their biggest barriers and challenges can you ch chat a bit about that Patty sure well, um, during the divorce process, it can be, there, there are a lot of different emotions involved. It's actually, um, the people who are going through divorce actually experiences the same stages of grief, yeah. that of loss, of loss. Although it can feel worse to the person going through it because the person is still alive. And so they kind of re-experiencing, re-experience those seven stages of loss. Wow. So it, while every single time they see the person, there during a visitation exchange during a phone call any anything it's that reliving that pain opens the wound up again it does open the wound up again and so there's a lot of anger a lot of resentment um a confusion um and not only anger that they're experiencing themselves but also the anger of their children of why and the confusion of their children how do i explain this to our to, to our children how do we adjust it's a financial strain yes not only with attorney's fees but just separating two homes it adds that's that those are two different two additional expenses um 
it, it, it literally affects every single aspect of their lives and their children's yes. lives, whether it's school, friends, separation from friends, who, you know, if, if, if all of their friends are married, then who do the, who, you know, the friends seem like, who do we choose, uh, right. uh, you know? Um, and so the loneliness really impacts them even during and after the loneliness because when they feel such a betrayal of trust yeah. from their former spouse or current spouse, if they're going through the process, then how are they going to be able to trust again and get into another relationship? And so I think that's really important to highlight, right? So um, when people are wounded because of a broken relationship, right? There has to be a, a breach of, tr there is a breach of trust, right? There's yes. someone who betrayed, they feel betrayed. And if you, uh, again, anyone listening who feels that lack of trust, that struggle to trust another person because I was wronged in some way through a broken relationship, this is where God is calling you to healing. This is where he wants to lead you back to a place where you can trust again. It is possible, but only with his grace. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Beautiful. I'm just smiling over here, Letty, because as you and Patty are talking about it, I, you know, you could have been talking about me exactly. going through that process. It just rings true. Uh, you know, and, and what do you need? It's, there's that break, that, that sense of I'm no longer wanted or needed I don't belong anymore and you know back in the day that one of the myths that's still out there is that you know people who are divorced are excommunicated from the church so I don't belong to there's a lot of confusion so right? there's so all of that kind of stuff so as you're doing that I'm thinking yeah that's so true I experienced that myself in divorce and and how do you rebuild the trust right and so how do you then find yourself able to make commitments any longer you, you know you particularly even to your own children and those sorts of things so yeah there's a lot that that really needs to be addressed yeah. I guess, understood and addressed right and as you were saying Letty God will lead the people who are experiencing that pain to gain support from their friends and and support groups um, to, to learn and, and the priest and, and their spiritual guide um, spiritual counselors to forgive yes forgiveness is is huge absolutely essential <laughs> it's essential it's the foundation to the process. of healing yes and so through forgiveness um, is God and God will help the per and surrender there are a lot it's it's so hard to let go yes but it is so essential to surrender because I, I always, whenever I'm in a very difficult, painful situation, and I think all of us can relate, whether it's divorce or any kind of loss, there's an ex there's, I think of the, um, the mystery of the agony in the garden, Jesus agonizing in the garden, and asking, and, and, and asking the Lord, asking his Father, the Heavenly Father, please take this from me, but thy will be done. And, and, and carrying the cross, uniting your pain with Christ while carrying your cross will lead you to salvation. And God is there ready to hold you and care for you and comfort you. And then once that happens, you can let it go yeah. because you're uniting it. You're uniting your pain with, with Christ. Amen. And, it's, and, and he's taking it from you and you're letting it go. And just so 
the listeners here when Patty, I just met Patty today. <laughs> the first thing she handed me is a surrender novena. Mm, <laughs> so she's speaking uh, out of her heart here that um, she really means it when she says, you know, learn to trust in the Lord. He is trustworthy, right? Yes. He is the divine physician. He wants to bring healing to all his people. If they will trust in him, turn to him, let him lead them yes. back to that fullness of life that we all long for, right? And that freedom. Yes. Oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the annulment process. So there's so many misunderstandings about annulments. I've heard it from so many different people, right? So why don't we talk a little bit about the spiritual reconciliation involved in annulments? Yeah, it, it, the spiritual recon- reconciliation, but also a you know an emotional one as well. For sure. uh, as you're, you're again talking, uh, the notion that uh, um, we've that we have a source of healing if we will turn to God. Yes, you know, and and reconcile the the annulment process really is the church's invitation to return uh, to to the church in some respects again because in the the i think still the minds of many divorce is is a separation from your your church your catholic faith community Uh, it's not that's not true not one of those myths right uh but uh it's the reconciliation process is the invitation to to really come to grips with that break yeah. in in relationship and and it is it's it's not a civil process the civil divorce always takes place first right. the the rel- the relationship has broken yes the the because it, it w- at any time a catholic couple is married there is the the natural wedding that takes place then we get a license from the state the right. state is still involved, so it creates that legal marriage. Legal marriage. But then there's that notion of the sacrament itself. Right. And that's what folks don't understand. That's where most of, most of the myths arise. It is something distinct from the civil. Exactly. And so uh, it doesn't make the children illegitimate. It doesn't have any I've s- heard that so civil many impact times. whatsoever. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but it is this process that really... Uh, Patty and I were talking the other day, the marriage or the divorce process, the civil process, looks at the relationship from the day of the marriage forward. The annulment process looks at the wedding day backwards. Yes. Because in the mind of the church, the sacrament takes place, the couple administer the sacrament to each other. Yes, yes. And they do so in, in making a vow to, f- they freely make a vow to commit their life t- to another person and give it over totally. Right. And so the church looks to see whether or not that vow was truly freely made. And there are all sorts of different reasons why that might be, I mean, from ranging to, to somewhat of a fraud where someone might get married so they can become a citizen of the United States. Right. Or so there have their false pretenses if you will but then there are so many other things that the couples the individuals don't even necessarily appreciate that made it virtually impossible for me to make that free decision in my own particular case um, (laughs) I went through my annulment process and did all the paperwork which Patty and I both agree is significant but but meaningful Uh, and went through the process, and I got a letter back from the tribunal and said, 
and because I married a high school sweetheart. So, you know, what did we do? We chose, I chose for witnesses people who knew us both right. well, so they could comment, right? Well, of course, as mutual friends who we grew up with, none of them had a bad thing to say about either one of us. Of so the tribunal was left with no evidence that mm. there was anything wrong. So I had to, to, to come up with other witnesses. Oh, interesting. And fortunately, I had the, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit moment, I think. It's not somebody I normally would have turned to. Sorry, Sister Carrie. But I chose my older sister. Yes. Who had the insight to basically share with the, the tribunal that we were both two kids who came from a, uh, alcoholic households. Okay. And there was that compulsion. We were, you know, we were, we're not marrying to create this new relationship. We were married to kind of get out of the house away from the old relationships. Sure. So sure. it's that kind of thing that that's people... That's insightful. Well, but that's what the process yeah. goes through mm -hmm. because it really focuses a lot on who the two people were right and okay. how they were formed and shaped yes you know and were they truly formed to fully appreciate and understand the vows they were taking yeah. and the archdiocese considers those uh, and, and the church considers those psychological grounds these days which uh, are probably the vast majority of annulments now are are based off of those psychological grounds yeah I mean, I've heard many people kind of hesitate to go forward with annulment because they're afraid. They're, they're afraid of the pain it's going to dredge up in their hearts and minds. Can you speak a little bit about that and how, how to push through that? Or how, how do you encourage people when you're trying to give them advice? Well, I talk about, you know, the, er, during our support groups, because there is a lot of that, where it's so personal they don't want to relive it. Right. They don't want to go back. Right. It's too painful. It's painful now. It's going to be triple painful going back and thinking about their childhood and, and, and their parents and, and what happened, what was lacking in right. their lives. So a lot of them, so there is a, um, you know, just a resistance. I don't, resistance. Thank you. A resistance. But we, we really go through the process of... Um, the passion too yes you know the passion then there is a death and then there's a resurrection <laughs> the resurrection is where the healing begins and and through that process you know we're going to make mistakes in relationships then we'll rise again yes well one of the things that i i know because i work in healing ministry is that in order to be healed you do often have to experience some pain yes of addressing the deeper wounds of our hearts right yes. and it's not pleasant to, to think about the things that have hurt us we don't want to think about them we bury them right mm -hmm. but the pain is worth it yes because there is healing and resurrection at the end of it exactly. right so yeah and it's in my experience I, I am been blessed to be uh, a field delegate with the tribunal for about the last six years and I guess I would offer the encouragement that while it's it's painful to go through the process of of uh, thinking about all of those kinds of things and writing them down yes. and knowing that you're going to be sharing them with someone else, the uh, w one of the things we do as field delegates is we take all of that information that's that's put on the application and we conduct an interview with the individual to really kind of get into it and and 
I, I call it color commentary, <laughs> so that the judge has as full a picture as they possibly can have of who these two people were. Yes. Um, and it's it's remarkable. It's it virtually every circumstance you can see the healing that takes place as people begin to talk about it and recognize as you you know they they explore some of those things and when they get to the end of the interview and they have to answer the question say you know my marriage wasn't valid from the beginning again the sacramental marriage there's an appreciation for oh wow I kind of understand how that could be you know it wasn't because uh, you know we were bad people or we did anything wrong oh wow you know we we weren't really appropriately ready and prepared to understand what we were committing to yes and didn't necessarily have the the kind of formation we needed to have to be successful at doing that yes and i you know more often than not there are tears Mm, of course because people get in touch with that and you know and and i think of my own circumstance when i finally realized it wasn't her it was you know it was my own responsibility yeah and I always seek to ask the individual. I only, you know, get a chance to work with the petitioner, who's the one filed. But I always, and and more often than not, they're when the process starts, they're blaming the other person. Yes. They're pointing the finger. But when you're done with the process, I ask them to say, okay, you know, obviously, if you had it to do all over again. Right. You know, what, what, did, what, were you, what were you missing? Exactly. And they oftentimes recognizing that they weren't properly ready to make that same sort For of sure. permit. Yeah. And so it, it is, a, as I say, more often than not, there's, there are tears involved. When, because it, but it's, they're tears of healing. They're letting go of it. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, I would say probably more than half the time there's some level of anger in, in some resentment that they have to go through the process. They don't necessarily want to do that. Right. But by the time it's over, they kind of get it, and mm-hmm. yeah, and they're they're they've reconciled to the process and, and to each other, and recognize that the church can be of of some value to them. So let me ask a question. So if if any of our listeners are hearing this and kind of feeling prompted that wow, maybe I need to move forward with an annulment for myself, or I know a family member or a friend who's sitting on the fence about annulment because they're afraid. How would you encourage them to learn more about the process within the archdiocese or, or the surrounding areas? Yeah, there's there. Well, let's let's say the direct ways. Uh, the archdiocesan tribunal has a, a nice section on frequently asked questions. Okay. Uh, that's informative. Yes. Um, but I guess I would invite them to go a little bit beyond that. There's some wonderful books out there. You know, from from the the personal perspective and the spiritual perspective rose sweet uh, there's a you know number of of good books out there that are worth taking a look at to kind of get yourself into the mindset of understanding what the process is and right. why it's important yeah no i i think that's that's great advice do you have anything to add to that any books in particular you would recommend or um no no books i think that 
talking and sharing and Bible studies, having, you know, getting together with a group of people um, who can encourage you. Who can encourage you. I know that my um, my previous uh, divorce support group is, it, even though that the support group had ended, they're continuing with Bible study within their within the same members of the group. Beautiful. And they're continuing to do um, spiritual religious lessons and, and guiding them. And th that support is so, so So they've important. developed friendships in Christ, they basically. Have, they've mm -hmm. developed yeah. friendships in Christ through each other. How beautiful. And and, and they've learned, it's, it's, it, we've all learned, it's, it's a matter of perspective, too. When you see a challenge, when you see an obstacle and a break in a relationship or a marriage, you ask God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment right. so that I can grow closer to your will yes. and so that I can grow stronger as an individual right and 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 when when you see it in that way instead of always at a, as a loss but as a gain what are, then you can actually move forward and it'll be easier to 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 grow and to learn and to let go yes I, uh, yeah the, the relationship piece is really critical because in a divorce and separation tries to isolate you yes and you can you can wallow in that you can be dragged down into that and yeah. so reaching out to others i think is is a great first step uh, if you've known anybody who's been through the process uh, you know talking to your priests or, or deacon in, in the parish or you know again finding support groups they're out there yes you know, patty's doing it there's a there's a few more around the diocese i think if you you go online you can you can track them down that's and really good to hear patty uh, can you mention just a little bit about <coughs> your support group yes um the divorce and beyond support group is sponsored by saint joe's and in Libertyville. in Libertyville, correct, and St. Mary Vernon through the Joint uh, Council, the okay. Mary Joseph's uh, Joint Council, which I am also a part of. And we will be starting another, our third session, um, starting fall this year. Wonderful. So we will be getting information. It'll be set, it will be going out in, into all of the bulletins. Wonderful. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And we meet Wednesdays at 7 to 8.30. Okay, great. Um, you know, again, you know, why did I want to have this topic on this show, Healing the Whole Person? And because, again, it is about healing. Do not continue to sit in a place of brokenness and just clinging to, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide that wounded part of me and I'm going to ignore it and I'm not going to move on. Um, let the Lord come into those dark uh, wounds and, and bring you past and to his freedom, right? And mm -hmm. it's really important to push back f past fear and and feelings of insecurity and feelings of, you know. Or shame. Shame, yes. Which that's is a big one of the one. evil one's favorites. That's a big one. A and move into the, the light with our dear Lord. Mm -hmm. um, any final words about healing uh, regarding this whole process of annulment and marriage ministry? Well, just trust in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Look at that divine that mercy. Sums it all up. Trust in Jesus <laughs> <laughs> and see His flowing water and blood in the in the uh, divine mercy. He and he he wants his people to feel that healing, to receive that healing. Um, can't say it enough. Yeah, he's he. You know, God wants good for us. He wants yeah. joy and peace, yes. a joy and a peace the world cannot give, and we see the world giving us brokenness. Uh, but uh, you know, and at best, it gives us momentary pleasure and temporary, you know, comfort. Yes. But He wants to give us joy and peace. Yes. A place where we live each and every day, and He invites us back to that. Yes. I mean, we were made to be united to Christ. Amen. And uh, he, he is 
Patty said, yeah, just turn to Jesus and, and ask him to, to, to call you back. Yes. And then say, what first steps might I take, yes. Lord? And uh, leave this, this loneliness that I might be feeling and, and, and try to restore relationships, yes. whatever relationship you get. Forgiveness, trust and turning to the Lord. Let him be the one who leads you to fullness and healing in him. Amen. He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? Amen yes. to that. Mm -hmm. Thank you both so much for coming Thank and you. sharing your witness with us. Truly appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us, Lenny. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI. 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org.